Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I have to ask, um, they still teach economics at the University of Michigan, right? How about history? Any history professors there? Uh, Because given the way the university and some of its fans are behaving towards NIL, I have my doubts. We will explain here next on this week's edition of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Clark. Waits for it. Nip caught. Hey, 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 you can't be a Now what? Brady gets terrific. Clemson and it. Touchdown, night again. Schultz, just before Brazil got him. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Collinger at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On his way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schindler. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. Sack. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team. And when we play as a team and the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Go Blue, I'm Steve Dace. Welcome to this week's edition of Michigan Podcast. And a disclaimer as I get into what I just teased a moment ago. I like winning. I want Michigan to win. I have given, (laughs) next to my wife and kids and the church, I have given more of my time, talent, and treasure in devotion to Michigan in support of the maize and blue than anything else on this earth over the course of my 48 years on this planet. I moved to Michigan when I was 10, fell in love with the program, and I've never fallen out. And I've taken that love with me no matter where my career has taken me and even here living in the state of Iowa. So 
I'm only going to say what I'm about to say because I'm concerned that we are hurting our ability to win moving forward. And for no higher principle, just frankly, sanctimony, stubbornness, or stupidity. So where to begin? This morning, I was forwarded this Twitter thread by Brandon Brown, the editor over at the Wolverine Digest. And this is from a gentleman by the name of Jordan Acker. I don't know the man, never heard the name in my life until this morning. Uh, because I don't live in Michigan, I don't vote in Board of Regents elections, and um, all I know from Brandon is he's that he's on the Board of Regents and is considered one of the more outspoken and smarter members of that august body, which has me afraid as a Michigan fan to the point of um, scraping my eye out with a spoon. Uh, I want to go through this Twitter thread. Jordan writes... So even though I'm technically still on vacation, I wanted to add some thoughts on NAL, NIL, the future, that's name, image, and likeness, the future, and where it's going. Ride with me for this quick thread. First, let's lay out what's happening. There's two restrictions that some schools have to live under. First, Title IX, which requires equal funding for men's and women's NIL, meaning hire an NIL coordinators for both, and they both better be doing both genders. Uh, The second is using it as a recruiting device. This ties into the first, but let's be clear, it's against NCAA rules, some state laws, but neither have proven to be enforceable in any way. That's a key thing right there, enforceable in any way. Do you know what you call an unenforceable law? Uh, Not the law. Let's continue. Uh, The first one is resolvable, and with the right guidance, any school should handle well. The second and more difficult issue is using NIL collectives to recruit kids straight out of high school. You see two things. First, schools that have been in this world for a long time transitioning well. Some schools continue to watch and see, and others invent them out of whole cloth. Just my prediction here, using NIL as a recruiting incentive will be nearly impossible for most schools to keep up. Why? The worst return on investment of any NIL scheme by far. I do think they are going to make some schools very successful in the NIL business in the short term. However, eventually donors tire of giving money for nothing, and we will see the pot of NIL money isn't unlimited. The biggest bang for the buck is and will be rising stars and developed talent. That's recruiting. Uh, Anyway, uh, there's no such thing as a sure thing in football or any other NCAA sport. But the furthest thing from a sure thing is a high school kid in the aggregate. The schools that will be the most successful in the long term from NIL are the ones who successfully build collectives that fund rising stars and above. Eventually, student-athletes and prospects will see the same. Will some NIL collectives be very successful and throw lots of money at high school athletes? Yes, but their hit rate will be lower, and they will waste a ton of money on guys that wash out. Okay. Um, Where to begin? Let's start here. Everything you just heard from Jordan Acker is 100% exactly wrong it is exactly wrong so wrong that he's on the board of regents overseeing the university of michigan a proud academic institution by some measures the highest rated public institution in america i have to wonder though do they still teach economics at michigan do they teach history at all first of all let's start with the history here of college football the history of college football going back to at least the 1950s in fact going back earlier than that with well Fielding Yost at the University of Michigan is the ringer, the paid recruit. Boosters have been paying kids since time immemorial in this business. 
And they've been doing it because they want the team to win. They don't pay kids for the name on the back. They pay the kids for the name on the front. And what happens, therefore, if the coach can't win with the players they paid to get, they fire the coach and go pay different players. They say, hey, go, let's go find a coach that knows the right players to pay and hire that guy. This is the history of this sport. This is the difference between Bill Self and Jeremy Pruitt. You don't get fired for cheating. You get fired for cheating and sucking. Bill Self didn't suck, kept winning the Big 12 in basketball every year. He's still there. Jeremy Pruitt dropped McDonald's bags and got blown out by Alabama, so he's toast. This is a denial of the history of this sport. This has always gone on under the table. It's just now going on above board, which brings me to the question again, do they teach economics at Michigan? Many of these collectives are run through nonprofits or charities. Do you know what that makes the donations the boosters give to these nonprofit collectives? Yes. Write-offs, tax deductible. What wasn't a write-off before? The money they were paying the recruit under the table, that wasn't a write-off. Now it's above board through a nonprofit. It's a charitable contribution, so it is a write-off. Many of these boosters are looking for write-offs as much, if not more, than new revenue streams. They're looking for things that relieve their tax burden. They've made their money. And now, oh, by the way, so for the same reason they give to these universities for these massive facility upgrades, why do they do that? Because they love the home team and it's a massive write-off. That's the same thing they can do with these nonprofit collectives. They love the home team and it's a massive write-off. This is a refundable pool of money. This market's not going to shrink. It's only going to expand. Everything he says there is exactly correct. Just not on this planet. On this planet, where we have to live by reality, we have this thing called the natural laws of economics. Capitalism is not survived going into a fifth century because it is morally superior to all other economic philosophies, but because it's the most recognizable or willing to recognize human nature. We are recruiting college football players, not the benevolence sisters for the Society of Mother Teresa. We're sending players to a place called the Big House or the Horseshoe, not Calcutta. Michigan is a special place, but how special is it if I have no guaranteed financial security going in, but I have all kinds of guaranteed financial security from other places? Will some players still agree to come because they just love Michigan that much? Of course, but not that many. And keep in mind, given the, given the athletic and academic expectations we put on student-athletes at Michigan, our pool of recruitable players is already pretty low. Our former recruiting coordinator, Matt Dudek, used to say it was like less than 50 players a cycle Michigan could actually sign. And you better sign like 20 or 25 of those. So... Why are we self-limiting here? Well, Steve, Steve, we don't want to violate NCAA rules. There are no NCAA rules. 
The NCAA is silent. Jordan, by his own admission, acknowledges these rules and laws are unenforceable. You know why they're unenforceable? Because last year, the Supreme Court ruled 9 nothing, and I don't know how much you guys pay attention to that august body, but they don't rule 9 to nothing um, on much these days. You got to be really wrong or really right about something to get all nine of those justices to agree. And yet all nine of them agreed in a majority opinion written by Brett Kavanaugh that essentially the NCAA had a business model that needed to be extincted. And they wrote an opinion, Kavanaugh explicitly, specifically inviting further lawsuits against that business plan to make it as extinct as segregation. That opinion last year was the Brown versus Board of Education for the NCAA. It will no longer have any substantive regulation of college football whatsoever. It's dead. Dead. There's a structure there in Overland Park, Kansas. Very nice one, by the way. But it has really no oversight on college football whatsoever. The conference commissioners run college football, particularly right now, two of them, Kevin Warren and uh, and. Uh, uh, Sankey, whatever his first name is down there in the SEC. The Big Ten and the SEC, they run the show. Everybody else is a supporting cast. This is an emerging market. Well, these prices are crazy and there'll be a market correction. Wrong. This is the market correction. The market correction is this. We now have an emerging labor and capital market. I agree that rates for players for services, will stabilize as there's more competition. But the market is only going to expand. This is the correction. You will never again, ever again, limit the compensation of players without collective bargaining in the future of college football. You'll never do it again. And on one hand, the University of Michigan wants to belong to a conference in the Big Ten that just last week disintegrated a century-old strategic partner by taking USC and UCLA away from the Pac-12 in a ruthless move done purely for capitalistic gain. And then it wants to turn around and claim, but the labor that is what we actually watch Right? You don't watch mascots. You don't watch. You don't watch fans or, or ads or coaches waving banners on the field. You watch the players. The players are the actual labor that is the product itself. So at the same time that we are going to pillage and plunder our century-long strategic partner and disintegrate the Pac-12, we then are going to turn around and say, "But we're not going to participate in an emerging labor market." Because of NCAA rules, get the bleep out of here with that. That's just not a sustainable position. And you'll get, and rightfully so, get negative recruited into the ground, which is exactly what's happening right now. How many kids have we seen visit here this cycle and then mysteriously commit other places? Why are they doing that? The same reason that when there's an opening, a million coaches have their agents throw their hat in the ring just to use that as leverage to get a better contract from their current job or to make them more attractive to another job that they really want instead. Recruits are doing this now. Hey, go visit that school. It's a big brand. No one's got a bigger brand than Michigan. It's a big brand. That'll up your NIL value elsewhere. If they won't pay up, someone else will. We're now being used for leverage by recruits to go elsewhere. All of the peer institutions that we consider to be in our class or the class we would like to be in, they're all doing this. 
Ohio State just came right out and said openly, Ryan Day, the head coach, did about three weeks ago, it's going to take about $13 million a year to sustain and maintain a recruiting class. Well, these players aren't worth anything because they haven't played yet. Really? It looks to me like they're worth something. Your worth is based on what someone is willing to pay you. Period. That's how a market economy works. Whatever there's a market for determines your worth. And obviously Michigan agrees that there is a market for these players before they ever play a down because they're willing to give them a four-year guaranteed scholarship to an elite public university worth six figures out of their own pocket to get them to come here before they ever play a down. Michigan basically subsidized Adrian Nunez becoming a TikTok star for four years. What else did he contribute? Nothing. Nothing. Just sit on the end of the bench for the basketball program for four years, becoming a TikTok star. But four years ago, Michigan thought that there was a value in Adrian Nunez, so they gave him a grant and aid and guaranteed it for four years and then just subsidized his reality star, social media star going viral. Did Michigan say, wow, we got really screwed on that Adrian Nunez deal. Didn't make out well on that. Let's just stop playing college basketball. No. It decided, you know, we should recruit better players that can do more than dance on TikTok. So the idea that boosters are going to say, oh, man, we blew it with that five star. I guess we won't do this anymore. Right. It's like after your heart gets broken, um, you don't rock the jukebox, Alan Jackson. You play some George Jones. And then five minutes later, when the next hottie bats her eyelashes on you, you're like, you know what? All of a sudden, I'm feeling a lot better about myself. How you doing? This is just dumb. It's a denial of human nature. It's a denial of economics. It's a denial of reality. It's a horrible message. Yes, yes. uh, We cheer along the addition of USC and UCLA. While we rake in $100 million a year in TV rights, but we don't really think the players that are actually the ones we're watching on TV are worth anything up front. I assume Jim Harbaugh got paid a game, got paid at Michigan before he ever won a game. He certainly got paid for six damn years before he beat Ohio State. Why? Based on the designation of his worth up until that point. You're offering scholarships already, so you're already making a financial outlay. You already agree they're worth something. So you don't even agree with your own point. You don't even agree with your own point. You're self-limiting for nothing. And I actually like the strategy of, you know, we do wonder culturally how this will work in a locker room. We've all seen this ruin pro sports teams, right? So I do kind of like the idea of, hey, you know, let's have them vested in the program. They become Michigan players, and then we, then we open the floodgates. I kind of like that idea. But then Michigan won't message that at all. Like, at the very least, let's have a picture out there of J.J. McCarthy and whatever, you know, rig he's driving right now that's much nicer than the average person and have the university promoting that that clearly sends a signal to recruits hey you come here we're not like the other programs everybody here earns their keep at michigan you come here you earn your keep and you're gonna get paid but they won't even do that because of sanctimony or something i i don't know you tell me this is dumb it's dumb It's costing our program unnecessarily. I I don't want to hear any more, by the way, of, well, we're we're transformational, not transactional. I don't even believe Jimmy believes that, by the way. 
Hell, Jimmy keeps trying to go back to pro football, guys. He keeps trying to go back to the NFL, but you're right. He hates transactional players. I think he's just putting lipstick on a pig. I don't think he believes that one iota. Let me tell you what the hell's transformational. Given a kid born to a single mom with five different kids who can barely pay the rent a hundred grand. That's pretty damn transformational. There's a lot of families in America, about 75% of households in America that don't make a hundred thousand a year. It'd be pretty transformational to them too. That's pretty transformational. Obviously, the Big Ten, including Michigan, thought adding USC and UCLA was pretty damn transformational. So they decided to go ahead and disintegrate the Pac-12 in order to do it. But you're right, man. I mean, you're a five-star kid, Dante Moore. You're not really worth anything until you play it down for us or get vested in the system. That's not realistic. The same people that think that Michigan is going to lead some resistance of sanctimonious purity to hold back the free market are the same people who really believed that all of college football would line up to just flush tens of millions of dollars down the drain two years ago because the Big Ten canceled college football and they just, and once they do something, so say we all. Get out of here with that. That's not reality. And I understand in academia, a lot of times you think you don't have to live in reality. Except a lot of those Big Ten presidents. They delivered some harsh reality to their Pac-12 presidential brethren last week. So clearly you guys know reality when you like it, when you see it, when when the reality works to your favor. It is now time to ante up. There is no good argument against this. None. We're somewhere between just wish casting and magical thinking. Denial of reality. All we're doing is hurting ourselves. We're not that much more special than everywhere else. That you're right, man. I don't want 50 grand or 100 grand to play at Notre Dame. I'll just come to your school for free. And then we wonder why they've kicked us or kicked our ass for how many recruits this cycle? Have we won a single? We recruit head-to-head against Notre Dame more than any other program. Have we won a single recruiting battle against them this cycle? And we're coming off our best season this century. Why? We all know why. So what are we doing here? Being fools. That's what. All right, you know what that means? It is time again for the 10-minute war. We bring in perhaps the world's one and only reasonable Bucknut. He's even wearing blue today. See? Sooner it's or more later. It's TCU purple than it is blue. Uh, see? Shade, shades. That. We're just talking shades and degrees. Sooner or later, we will convert the one and only Mark Rogers. You can get his channel on YouTube, The Voice of College Football. A lot of great content there. And uh, now's the time of year with win total best bet markets and uh, hearing from correspondents around the country, getting a lot of the great intel. They do a great job on Mark's channel. It is good to see you as always, Mark. So I just spent about 15 minutes here doing a little... Uh, um, I guess we'll call it constructive criticism, accountability for my favorite program, because we're getting annihilated this recruiting cycle right now, uh, and we're coming off our best season this century. 
And hey, if, if Michigan has as good of a team as, as a lot of us suspect, just like we saw last year, things will pick up at the end, right? But we're also seeing the pool of players on our recruiting board diminish tremendously. That and and there's only one reason why, and we all know what it is, because everybody we're recruiting against is fully embedded and involved in the NIL game. Hell, there's an article at The Athletic today quoting recruiting coordinators from every Power Five conference about how they use NIL as an inducement. And for some odd reason, Michigan thinks that it's going to be, it's going to lead some sort of sanctimonious resistance to this. And it, the genie will never be put back in the bottle. You can't mark two, you can't last week say, let's go ahead and disintegrate our, our century long strategic partner, the Pac 12, because that would give us, you know, nearly $100 million a year in TV rights fees. And then turn around and say, but, you know, we don't believe the actual players everybody watches are worth something until we decide they're worth something. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. That ain't going to be how this is going to work and it's just a matter of how much more damage Michigan wants to do to its recruiting efforts before it wakes up and dies right so a little inside baseball here folks uh I don't typically get to see Steve's rant before I come on I know generally what we're going to talk about but I don't get to see the rant so I got to see the last 90 seconds of the rant today so I understand that this is uh this is serious stuff so I went through the top 250 recruits in the nation, according to 247 Sports. And I see where Michigan's top recruit, uh, Cole Cabana, is rated number 233. Ohio State has 13 commits higher than 233. Penn State has three. And you had mentioned at the end of your rant that uh, Notre Dame has been that mo- more immediate, uh, direct um, recruiting rival. And uh, we know that they've got the number one recruiting class in the country. So, We'll often say on here, you don't look at the recruiting rankings in June and July, and much of that is true, but what you just mentioned is the most important factor here, and that's what what does the board look like? Mm-hmm. Who are the available players? Because they're not going to flip from Notre Dame, not, not many of them uh, from a place like Notre Dame. So those commitments are pretty solid. I got to think at least 80% of those commits are solid. So it's cause for concern 51st rated uh recruiting class in the country so what i'm not understanding here steve is that michigan from my vantage point when we launched the nil this time last year it would not have surprised me if michigan would have been slow to the game that's just a conservative approach and a high-minded approach to it so that would not have uh one year later would not have surprised me. But at the same time, this is a program that launched this Victor's Exchange sometime in January or February uh, with all the Michigan money uh, connected to the program uh, being talked about, of being an advantage there. And, of course, the brand is as big as any in collegiate athletics, especially worldwide. And then on top of that, there's this uh, the Brander Group, the TBG group that was supposed to provide some type of synergy and collaboration between the student athletes at Michigan and uh, the brand, the M, the block M. And so I thought Michigan was from that standpoint, lock and step with everybody else uh, on the elite status of harnessing this NIL to its advantage. Except they won't extend it to recruits. So everybody else, everybody else wants to make it a recruiting inducement. I mean, your own coach flat out said to your boosters three weeks ago, it's going to take $13 million for us to build and retain our recruiting class. 
pretty much roll over annually. Michigan won't extend it to recruits. And I think what we've seen a lot recently is kids visiting Michigan and then committing elsewhere. That did not happen very often here. Our ratio of kids who visit to being to being committed is pretty high because we self-select because we already limit the amount of kids we can recruit every year based off of the expectations we have both academically and athletically. And so we don't just take like frivolous kids on, on, on or flyer kids usually on visits. And so we, we, we've seen more kids visit this. And, and here's why it matters now. Because since they changed the recruiting calendar a few years ago, we take, mo- we take more of our official visits this time of year when the weather's nice and there's no season going on to distract the coaches than the rest of the year. We have seen a slew of kids come and visit and then commit somewhere else. And it just looks to me like what we see during the coaching carousel. Yeah, I'm a candidate at uh, you know XYZ State so I can get a new contract at the place I'm at. Hey, I just go visit Michigan, drives up my NIL value because, as you pointed out, the, the brand, the, the potency of that brand, and, and then I just get more from the school that I'm going to actually commit to. I think Michigan might be the only school that is considered a traditional blue blood that is not playing at the NIL game for directly as a recruiting inducement in all of college football. And if it's not, it's a very, very small list because this is the same mindset that made people think, well, you know, if the Big Ten doesn't play, the ACC will decide, crap, man, we don't want Notre Dame in our league for an entire year paying us, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Hell, so we're going to quit because the Big Ten did. No, they won't. And everybody else played, and then the Big Ten had to come back and play. Same mindset. Well, you know, Michigan, well, everybody will say, you know, Michigan says that this just isn't NCAA rules that they don't enforce anyway and have never equitably enforced in the history of the damn organization. So well, the rest of us just, we don't like winning as much, so we won't do it. That's not the way it'll work. This is dumb. It's a denial of reality. It's hard enough doing this without limiting yourself the way Michigan is right now, Mark. Well, I wish Michigan was right, meaning that we all have a perception of the world and based on our values, what we want the world to be. But that's not the reality. Sure. Therefore, you got to play by the rules that are exactly play. And there's not supposed to be an enticement based on NIL. Now, of course, everybody knows NIL's out there. And so you should be able to tell the student athlete, we've got all these opportunities for you. There's not supposed to be a deal done and in play before they become uh, signed and enrolled at the university. Now, whether that's going on probably is, yes. Uh, but but there's there's got to, you've got to have that enticement. Uh, money makes the world go round. We're all driven and motivated by money. Uh, it, it, I cannot believe, as you just mentioned, it's ironic that a league that is very close to Michigan's values in regards to trying to compete for championships on the athletic stage, but also uh, having that academic element be prominent and having standards and values uh, that in the same week that you would be recognizing Michigan's inability or uh, unwillingness, refusal, refusal to get out there and play the game that the conference itself would cut off its closest uh, (laughs) partner in in, in very cutthroat form and grab its two most prominent uh, commodities and just say, too bad, you're done. You're done as a big time player in college football and, and we're taking them from you that, um, this is just the game we're in. This is the, the, the world that we live in right now, and you either need to to jump in line and do what you need to do or get out of the game. 
there's one thing that may save Michigan from itself here. It won't even be it, it. It won't be even a decade. We're going straight up pay for play. There's no way you're going to have these massive TV rights deals. The Supreme Court clearly signaled last year you will not be able to limit the compensation of these student athletes any longer. They are a labor market. They have to be treated accordingly. You're not going to pat. You're not going to sign these massive TV rights deals. You're going to sign this massive deal for the expansion of the college football playoff. Without some form of collective bargaining, there will be no limitation on player compensation any longer. That's why. That's why the NCAA is silent about A&M and Miami and what these other schools are doing because they know if they inf- tried to enforce their NIL rules, they're going to end up in a federal court and all and ever, and any federal judge, regardless of who appointed them. This this is why there will be no federal legislation. It's because there are very few things both parties agree on in this country, but this is actually one of them. The Democrats see a group of players that lack agency and representation, and so their ideology is sympathetic to them. The Republicans see an emerging market of labor and capital that can be exploited for profit, profit, and so they're they're sympathetic to that. They're, neither side has any incentive whatsoever to come in here on a federal level and rescue the NCAA from itself. And so they won't. This is going to be a pay-for-play model, and it will be so within the next decade, right around the timing of when the new playoff system and everything else starts, and that will be the standard. That's the one thing that may save Michigan from itself, but until then, that could be five, six, seven, eight years away, you could do a lot of damage to your program by sticking your head this far up your ass. Well, I would think that there's somebody out there that could put pen to paper and figure out, okay, if this is the projected TV contract and TV revenue, then you look at the number of players on a roster, who gets paid, who doesn't get paid, or do they all get paid on scholarship or on the roster, and then work out the details and then figure, okay, based on what the projected income and then the salary of these players is going to be in five, six, seven years when the playoff is reformatted and a new deal is done, Is that going to be significant versus what these players are currently getting in NIL, which I believe um, is overblown in the media. But the top players are earning ridiculous sums of money in NIL. But uh, the average player or even decent all-conference type players are – it's a fairly – it's a significant sum of money, but it's not what you would consider to be exorbitant type money. So this – I would be interested to, to, again – put the calculations together to see if this proposed possible income in the future is going to be uh, significant compared to NIL. And that's what would save Michigan. But if it's not, if NIL is still a main lure to a program, then Michigan's going to have to get with it. There's another thing they could do here too. That's they could do tomorrow. You know, uh, Michigan's not allowed under NCAA rules to, uh, to aid in a bet the grades its players get in a classroom, right? That, otherwise, that would be cheating. They, 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 that's, that would be violating the social compact of what it means to be a student athlete. And yet, even though the athletes are <clears throat> on their own, for the grades they get, all right, even though that's the rule, uh, does Michigan put out a press release for how many academic All-Americans it has every semester, Mark? Does it do that? You bet your ass it does. You bet your yes, ass they do. We see so, that all over the place. Yeah, so then where's the press release for, hey, we got a 10 to $12 million uh, NIL pool for existing Michigan players. And, you know, and J.J. McCarthy made $1.5 million And I don't know, I'm just making up numbers. But I, I know they, they, what you mentioned earlier, the collective formed here is somewhere between 10 and $15 million is what I was told. 
So current players are making out very, very well. So you could at least advertise that as a way of saying, hey, we're gonna follow, we're not gonna do a direct inducement that goes against NCAA rules, but don't think that you once you're vested as a Wolverine, you're not gonna get taken care of by the biggest alumni body on planet Earth. We take care of our own here. Case in point. Bam. Similar to, hey, just because at Michigan, we're not going to do your test for you like they'll do at North Carolina. right? We're not going to give you basket weaving classes like they'll do for you at North Carolina. We're not going to do that. Okay, You're going to take your own classes. You're going to at least pretend to be a student athlete. But when you're successful, we'll make damn sure if you don't make it in athletics that, you know, whether it's business, aerospace, or medicine, or all the various fields that Michigan's connected to, you've got a job with your diploma. See what I'm saying, Mark? You could do the same thing culturally with NIL, but then that just seems tawdry and violates our our presumptive sanctimony, so we won't do that either. Well, yeah, the two components you just laid out is exactly what you should do, is you, you give them real-life examples of what's going on right now. J.J. McCarthy gets this. On down the line, and then you also give them the component of they, these are the massive resources we have at Michigan. The, these are the type figures right. that, you know, these, this is the resource that we have as being who we are. And uh, like right no, now, right now, one of to- our top one of our top edge prospects is down to us in Miami. And it's just out in the open that the only reason he's looking at Miami is because of their the NIL deal they offered him up front. OK. This is where you could say to a kid like that, out in the open, and I'm sure you're saying it privately, but when you don't proclaim something publicly, when, when, a, when a coach, when Jimmy says this privately to this kid, then when the kid call, when Miami calls, they say something else and now he's torn. This is when it's so, you need to make it part of your public branding. And you could say, hey, you know what? You know why Miami is going to offer you that money up front? Because they only have 6,000 people in their university, and our alumni body. They, that's not. They don't. They, they aren't going to have your back for the for the you know for the the, for the next 40, 50 years of your life. They have to do that. We don't, because we take care of our own cradle to grave here. So come here, get vested in here, and we'll make sure that you get what you are earned and you are owed. But then far beyond that transaction, whenever your playing days end here or on Sundays, you're going to be taken care of by the largest living alumni body on planet Earth. That should be a public, out in the open. Recruiting pitch by Michigan, Mark, out in the open, publicly. Okay, so Steve, so the one thing that's going to happen here, unless Michigan is beyond stubborn, stupid, unaware, is that they're going to have one awful recruiting class, and that's going to slap them in the face. They know that they recruit at an 8 to 12 level every year in the nation, something in that range, and if they bring in the 27th rated recruiting class, then they're they're going to coming off the best season you've had in in, in this century. Yeah. Something has to change. We're not getting it done. Uh, And this showed us exactly what the new world is going to provide us. If we don't recruit the way everybody else is. Amen. Before we let you go, we're getting into more of this on bigger 10 here on the channel later this week, but I've got to get, I'll, I'll be remiss if I didn't ask you your thoughts. The floor is yours. USC and UCLA to the big 10. What do you think it means, and what do you think it means going forward? Well, like we discussed before, there's a difference between the way we want the world to be and the way the world is, and therefore we got to conform to it to a certain extent unless we can change it, and we're not going to change this. Okay, so my thought is USC and UCLA is a tremendous grab for the Big Ten. The Notre Dame situation is obviously uh, the priority and should be. 
that is by far from a football academic and money standpoint the best get on the board it's not even close i do like the oregon washington option past that I will say, in regards to this projection by many, that the Big Ten and the SEC are going to make this an eventual AFC, NFC, NFL-type situation. The only thing that could stop that short is I think there's going to be punch-counterpunch, as there has been for the last 12 months here. And either one of these entities is going to stop because they're going to survey the field. Let's say they're at 18, they're at 24, whatever the number is. And they're going to look at the field and say, none of the rest of the field brings us value. We're done. We're good where we are because they just don't bring us value Mm -hmm. for all the different components. And that's going to cause the other one to say we're good as well. And that may turn out to be two 24 team leagues. And if the big 12, gobbles up enough territory, meaning the Arizona, Arizona States, Colorado, Utahs of the world that aren't at the status that the Big Ten and the SEC is getting, maybe that they grab up enough to be a third conference that's a rung below or three rungs below, but they maintain relevancy to the point that in a 12-team playoff, they can have one or two teams in, and we got a three-conference college football scenario. Good stuff, brother. As always, make sure, folks, you follow him on his YouTube channel, The Voice of College Football. They do great work over there. Always a pleasure, Mark. Take care, brother. Thanks, Steve. You bet. This week's Twitter poll results, would you be in favor of Notre Dame joining the Big Ten? That was the question. 78% of you said, yes, show me the money. 22% of you said, using my best bow voice, to hell with Notre Dame. I was a little surprised the number was that lopsided, actually. I kind of thought there might be a little more. The hell with Notre Dame. thought that might be in there a little bit more, but not even among the Michigan fan base. Even the Michigan fan base is like, let's wake up the echoes, man. Bring them in. All right, that brings us to our feedback of the week from Senor Raul T-Bone Salbergo. I love that name. It's a great name. Notre Dame is probably the only team since Penn State that I actually wanted to join the Big Ten. (laughs) I think a lot of people might agree with you there, Senor. I think, uh, see, I think you're quite right about that. Muy bien, Uh, indeed. I think a lot of people feel that way. And that's kind of why the Big Ten has said, uh, according to Dennis Dodd and a few others in the the college sports media, that they're, for right now, they're good. They're just going to hang out and wait to see what Notre Dame wants to do and then decide from there. In the meantime, the Pac-12 grant of rights, TV rights, is up right now. And the Big 12 has a window before theirs starts next year where they can expand some more. And so it's a war right now between those two conferences to see who's going to raid the other in order to survive as the third league. And then everybody wants out of the ACC, actually. Everybody hates the league, hates the TV deal they're locked into. Everybody wants out of the ACC. So that's where things are going next. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. The next time you see me, it'll be for the 2022 college football preview, my annual college football preview that I've been doing since I was in the 10th grade back in 1988. That's how long ago we've been doing this. So that's what will happen the next time you see me here on Michigan Podcast. Until then, please remember to like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, follow, share, whether it's here on YouTube or iTunes or anywhere else, however else you listen, watch each and every episode. And also remember to share, five-star review, help us to find more Michigan fans just like you. And you can follow me on Twitter 
at Michigan Podcast as well. Keep up to date on what we think about all things maize and blue in between episodes. Until the next episode, I'm Steve Dace and go blue.